0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew the third chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, "I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me?" But Jesus answered him, "Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. What is in your wheelhouse? It's a saying I feel like is kind of popular right now, and I got curious as to how that expression came about. I found out the word wheelhouse literally means a house that holds a wheel, and it specifically pertains to the enclosed room or house on the top of a boat where the wheel is. So all you Navy guys and gals are probably saying, "Um, duh, that's where the ship is steered and controlled by its driver, the wheelhouse. But then, in the middle of the 20th century, the term wheelhouse moved from the boat to baseball. Don't know if you knew that. A ball thrown into the batter's wheelhouse means the ball is thrown into the sweet spot for a particular batter. When you're a batter and a ball is in your wheelhouse, it means the pitch was thrown, much to the pitcher's chagrin, where you can hit the ball the hardest and the farthest. So, if something is in your wheelhouse, it means that thing, whatever it is, is something you can be successful at because of your gifts. When your skills and experience come together with sharp focus to do the thing you do best, you've found what's in your wheelhouse. Well, today in the book of Acts, we read an early creed of the church. That is, what they believed about Jesus and who he was, and if you will, what was in his wheelhouse. Preaching and teaching were in Jesus' wheelhouse, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and he went about healing people. He loved to heal people. Their hearts, their minds, their bodies, their spirits. Healing was in his wheelhouse. And he was put to death on the cross, but rose again on the third day. So defeating death for each of us, saving us, that's in Jesus' wheelhouse too. And as I think about it, Jesus was pretty focused. I mean, he stuck to those things. Preaching, healing, teaching, and saving. He didn't start a big political movement, as some might have wished him to do. He didn't overthrow the Romans or eradicate hunger. He stuck to what was in his wheelhouse. Preaching, teaching, healing, and saving. Interesting. Now, the story of Jesus' baptism we read in Matthew is the story of the start of Jesus' public ministry. Jesus shows up and asks John to baptize him, and as Matthew tells the story, this was crazy and quite controversial, and John the Baptist was, in fact, incredulous. What? I'm supposed to baptize you? No way! I mean, that would be like if the Pope came up to me and said, hey Paula, I have a few questions for you about the Catholic faith. It wouldn't happen. But this baptism does happen. Jesus says it is to fulfill all righteousness and after Jesus is baptized, the spirit comes from heaven lands on him and God says this is my son the beloved with whom I am well pleased and then commences the teaching preaching healing and saving so why was this so controversial this baptism of Jesus well John if you remember had been preaching for people to repent be baptized and have their sins forgiven When we are baptized, that is a major thing that happens to us. We are born children of a fallen humanity, but through baptism, we are reborn children of God. But Jesus was without sin. That's why John was so confused. In his mind, Jesus would have no reason to be baptized. So Jesus' baptism was about something else. Jesus' baptism was about those words that God said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. And while we might not share the part of baptism for the forgiveness of sins with Jesus, we do share that proclamation of being children of God, beloved children of God. I want you to do something. Let's together make the sign of the cross on our foreheads and I'll say the words that were said to you. Child of God, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Well, today, as we talked about with the kids, we begin the season of Epiphany where we celebrate that light spreading throughout the world through us. We hear stories about how Jesus is revealed as God's son, about those things that were in his wheelhouse, that preaching, teaching, healing, and saving. And as we start Epiphany and this new year, I thought it would be a good time for you to think about what's in your wheelhouse. The kids did it. So you're going to get to do it now with the person next to you. And of course, be on the lookout if anyone's sitting on their own and just invite them in, introduce yourselves. And then as a way to think about it, share something with someone about what gives you joy. doesn't matter what it is. What do you do or have you done lately that has given you joy? Go ahead, share them, give you a little time. All right, I'll give you a couple more seconds to wrap it up. <clears throat> I'm I'm liking it. <clears throat> this is great. It sounds like a lot of you were able to think of something. And if there's something that in your life that gives you joy, it's very likely it's in your wheelhouse. It's at that sweet spot where you can really hit it out of the park. Or maybe just a bloop single. That's okay. God can use it. But it also might have been hard for some of us to think of something I don't know if you experience this like I do, but we're pushed to do things that are not in our wheelhouse all the time. And part of it is life. I mean, is cleaning the toilets in anyone's wheelhouse? No, right? But it might be helpful to remember that, like Jesus, there can be lots of things that are not in your wheelhouse, And that the word no can be a complete sentence. We are asked to do things all the time and it's okay to say no. The things in our wheelhouse shouldn't be overwhelming, they should be life-giving. In fact, if you keep saying yes all the time to things that aren't in your wheelhouse, eventually your wheelhouse will get so full you won't be able to turn the wheel anymore. So what is in your wheelhouse? Hiking, cooking, you what? oh, Jack, did you wanna share? Yeah, what? Oh, you've got all kinds of things, rapping, drawing, swimming, reading, being generous, creating community by inviting friends over to watch a big game solving problems, mentoring young people, visiting with old people, or any of those things in your wheelhouse. They don't have to be huge things. They flow out of your gifts, who you are, what you love, and you know it when you're doing it. That creed in Acts says something that is in each of our wheelhouses. It says we are witnesses to what Jesus has done. And you know what is really cool about that in the book of Acts? Is that this book is all about the church spreading through the world, but it didn't spread by these people who came out and knew all the right creeds and answers and said all the right things. It was regular people who witnessed Jesus acting in their lives and then told others about it. Prayer got me through a hard time. I come to church and I don't know, it just starts my week off right. When my mom died, I couldn't have made it through without my faith and my church family. Sometimes when things are hard for me at school, I pray and I know I'm not alone. We are witnesses, it's in our wheelhouse. I want to go back one more time to the fact that all of the Gospels really had a hard time with getting why Jesus needed to be baptized. And I wonder if one of the reasons Jesus knew he needed to be baptized was because there was some way in which Jesus knew that he needed to hear who he was before he started his public ministry. And the world did too. This is God's Son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. And then, armed with those words, Jesus could face hard times. He could focus on what was in his wheelhouse. He was God's beloved child sent to teach, heal, preach, and save. He didn't help millions of people when he was alive on earth. He stayed in that tiny area around Galilee And did what he could for those he met. And that's what we are called to do too. And that's how we spread Christ's light to those we meet. Well, my sister, Sarah, is just the best. I am 12 years older than she, so I remember when she was little pretty well. And one time I remember she came home from kindergarten and was full of worry. I was overhearing her talking to my mom and she was saying things like, you have to have a sharpened pencil and you have to write your name on everything and you have to color and then there's recess and then library and you can't just lay your head down on your desk. And then she started to cry. I'll never forget what my mom told her. She said, Sarah, that sounds like a lot. How about you just remember one thing? You're my special daughter, Sarah Elizabeth Lund, and I love you. That's enough. She grabbed my mom and hugged her so hard, and I could see a weight lifted off of her little shoulders as I watched from around the corner. And isn't that what God does for us? In this world we live in that can be overwhelming and scary, he says, you are my child, my beloved, and I am pleased with you. So pleased. And when we know that, we can stop carrying the weight of the world and all those things that are not in our wheelhouse and start focusing on the things that are. So as we start this season of Epiphany, Let your light shine, beloved children of God. Let your light shine. Amen.